welcome to episode 86 of the Lace Up Podcast. I'm Steve Ellsworth. I'm Brett Dubuff. It's arbitration season, which means we have a lot of signings to report. A lot of signings, uh, probably more than you probably think. Uh, so we're going to run through some of them. Nashville uh, made the most noise. We're going to talk about the players that they signed, who they still have to sign, and uh, can they be as good as they were last year. So we'll talk about that. Um, we've got plenty of Bruins Sense news to share with you. And we also have a retirement announcement, uh, so we'll delve into that in rapid fire as well. But first, shout-outs to all the players past and present who were born number 86 in the, in the uh, NHL. It's a short list. Uh, Nikita Kucherov, the most notable, though. Uh, Josh Juris also wore number 86. I believe he still does. Kevin Miller, who formerly played with uh, the Boston Bruins. Nikolai Kuhlman from 2015 to present uh, has worn number 86. Tibu Teravainen wears that number for the Hurricanes. From 2010 to 2012, here's one of the better-sounding names, Wojtek Wolski, wore number 86. And uh, nowadays, so does Andre Kasha of the Anaheim Ducks. So to all of them and to all the players we didn't mention, this podcast is for you. It's time to lace them up. Here's Brett and Steve. So the big news this these past two weeks, um, it's been a while. This is the first, it's the first uh, Friday show we have. So yay, uh, yay for that. Um, we have um, yeah. So the biggest news in the past two weeks is uh, Victor Arvidsson gets signed. Um, it's a it's a long term deal, so it's uh, seven years, four point two five million. Uh, he's twenty five years old, uh, twenty four years old, not twenty five. Um, he had uh, thirty one goals, uh, sixty one points last season. That was by far his best season this year. Uh, this year, and I guess he's bound to get better. It is a little risky, just in the fact that this, you know, there's no proof that he can do this again, but. At the same time, he's a 24 years old. Um, there's no reason to say that he can't um, do this number. I'm actually looking at his stats now. In uh, the year beforehand, um, he had 16 points in 56 games. Um, so it is a little risky in terms of, like, will he match that total again next year? But um, at the same time, you know, he's on the Arvidsson I mean, he's on the Arvidsson, Forsberg, and Raija line. Um, that was really good line for them. So um, maybe they'll get going again and um, and whatnot. But uh, so uh, the Predators also saw, uh, made a lot of other news, just minor deals here and there. Uh, uh, Frederick Goudreau, who had who was like the star or one of the shining breakout stars in the. Uh, the playoffs, uh, he he get he goes for sixty six thousand for three years. Actually, six hundred and sixty seven thousand. Okay, well, I said sixty six thousand, but um, but uh, he uh, so that's like a interesting deal considering he hasn't really played in the regular season. So that should be um, a good deal if he can um, do what he did in the playoffs. Um, Austin Watson, three years, 3.3 million. 
Pointus Aberg, uh, $1.3 million for two years. Merrick Mazinek, um, which uh, he got one year, $650,000. Um, I'm guessing he'll be like the AHL starter because UC Saros and um, Pecorine kind of have those, um, those, uh, those uh, you know, the, the goalies intact. Um, the only player left that the Predators have to sign is uh, Rijo, uh, which they have $13 million left in cap space to do so. Also, um, all right, let's, let's talk about the, what I just said, and we'll get to Mike Fisher in a bit. Um, so what do you think of the Arvidsson deal and all these other moves? Well, uh, about a week ago, Elliot Friedman tweeted that Nashville asked for a two-year deal for Arvidsson. They wanted $2.75 million for both of those two years. Victor Arvidsson wanted four point five. So Victor Arvidsson kind of got what he was looking for. He ends up getting $4.25 million on average per year. Um, for a thirty for a first-time 30-goal scorer that's coming off a breakout year, that's pretty good. What I really loved about this deal is that they were able to iron out a deal just hours before the arbitrator announced his decision. And I think it's absolutely crucial to get that stuff done before a third party gets the final say because you do not have any idea what that arbitrator is going to do. What his decision, his or her decision can save you some yeah. money or it can make you lose some face if um, if the negotiation process is messy as as we know it got with uh, Johansson and the Blue Jackets a few years ago. And P.K. Subban. Yeah. Perhaps. So, it was it was the best case scenario for both sides. Now, as you mentioned, the question is whether or not he can live up to that kind of money. I think he could actually be worth more than $5 million once this deal is done, so I think they're going to actually save some coin. Um, what's really impressive over that transformative season, he goes from 8 goals and 16 points to 30 goals and 61 points. He also goes from minus 8 to a plus 16 in one year, and that's pretty yeah. good. What also makes him so dangerous is his quickness, his speed on the ice, um, and that translates into uh, being able to do damage in so many different ways. He had four power play goals, five shorthanded goals to lead the NHL. He also had six game winners. When you impress with your speed and you're making things happen on the ice, you're going to get more chances to score. That means more shots on target. He had 139 um, in 2015-16. This year, he had 246 shots on target. Um, and then the real season begins, he chips in with 13 points in 22 games. So when you factor all that stuff in, this deal is a major investment, and it also goes back to this tweet that I saw from Arpan Basu, um, which says, the Preds have Victor Arvidsson, Philip Forsberg, Roman Yossi, Matthias Ekholm, and Ryan Ellis at a combined $20.5 million cap hit. Um, so after I explain the three other depth moves, I'll get back to that. But that's a pretty key number. So we go to Freddie Goudreau. They give him a three-year extension, hopefully a stall in the locker room to boot, um, yeah. in reference to the fact he didn't have one in the playoffs. Right. Um, he was a 32-goal scorer in his final year in the queue. Um, he also had 10 goals in 11 playoff games that year. In both of the last two AHL seasons, he scored over 40 points. And uh, 25 goals as well last year in the AHL. Um, what I really liked in the Stanley Cup playoffs is he was really able to score timely goals. And that's what you need in the Stanley Cup playoffs. You need timely scoring. All three of his goals, he hadn't scored a single goal before then. 
In the Stanley Cup playoffs, he gets three goals in um, he has three goals in eight playoff games, three goals in six games in the finals. All three of those goals either tied the game or gave Nashville the lead, which is impressive. Um, what's also impressive, not only the cost, but the first two seasons are a two-way contract. So you can send him down to the AHL. That gives you a lot more flexibility. Uh, Pontus Aberg, again, a cap-friendly deal, two-year worth $1.3 million. Um, in his last four seasons in the AHL, his numbers have steadily gotten better. And uh, this year, he scored 31 goals in 52 games. So if he's able to translate that success in the NHL, that's another bargain signing. And then Austin Watson, they were able to open the checkbook for him. Um, $1.1 million per year, that's a pretty good deal for three years. Led all skaters in the 2017 playoffs with 106 hits, 9 points in 22 playoff games. And he averaged 20 goals per year in the AHL over the last three years. So a bit of skill to his game, but also he's one of those sandpaper guys that's very versatile. He can do so many things for your team. Again, that gives you more options. Um, so getting back to how this helps the Preds cap situation, as you mentioned, the long-term goal is to re-sign Ryan Johansson. That's the one big thing they haven't done. Yep. Uh, and again, they have Forsberg, Arvidsson, Yossi Ekholm, Ellis, all at 24. $0.5 million combined. That's huge. Yep. Um, like you said, $13 million to spend. In a few weeks, they're going to address Mike Fisher's future. Not sure what's going to happen there. They might bring him back to yep. a one year, but kind of a bit late, I guess, for that. I have a, but, I have a feeling they're not going to sign Mike Fisher. Um, they are, You forgot to mention that they have Nick Benino um, in the yes. fold as well to take over his spot there as the second center on the line. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. They could bring him back up just as like a veteran move, like a solidarity kind of thing. But uh, I have a feeling Mike Fisher is not going to be on Nashville this year. Or maybe if he's back in Nashville, maybe not going to have the same role that he did. Yeah, that's that's possible. If anything, he might yeah. take a pick. We'll see. Um, but again, the more money you have to spend on Ryan Johansson, the merrier because he's going to be the toughest guy to resign. We all know what happened, as I mentioned a couple of years ago with the Blue Jackets. Yep. He ended up signing to a three-year deal worth an average annual value of four million dollars, dealt eighteen months into his contract. He hasn't come close to the 33 goals that he scored in 2013-2014, but in each of the last two seasons, he's averaged 60 points. So he's probably going to get a salary increase in his next deal. The question is, how much money is he going to get? And with all these depth deals and with the Arvidsson signing, David Poyle has made it possible to give Ryan Johansson what he wants. And I mentioned um, how... Um, how important it was a couple of weeks ago, actually in, in the last podcast, how important it was for Steve Eiserman to work the cap. And he did it masterfully with Tampa so far this offseason. David Poyle has done the same in Nashville. Mm. And when you have teams like Chicago in your division, Minnesota in your division, St. Louis in your division, and ever-improving Dallas squad in your division, you need to keep pace and you need to get ahead. And the Preds have done at least one of those two things and I really like their chances of repeating their success that they had last year. Yeah, I, yeah, I like, that's true. David Poyle is one of the better GMs in the league right now. Um, but uh, it is, uh, yeah, I, 
I always get shocked whenever I look at Ryan Johansson's age, and he's 24 years old, which is like technically not even their prime yet. Um, so I always get shocked that he's he's that young. But um, yeah, as I think I think they'll make a deal um, that will like he'll get a he'll get a long term deal, I would imagine, for uh, Johansson. It's um, but yeah, the Predators are in good shape for sure. Um, in that sense, because um, thirteen million is uh, still a lot to uh, to maneuver just for one guy. Um, so we'll see. Um, I think- also, a little known fact that I didn't just realize until uh, looking up yeah. my notes: Victor Arvidsson was born a day after me. Oh wow! Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, so I was about to talk about Mike Fisher. It looks like uh, they're going to address uh, what the Predators are going to address, what they're going to do with him uh, soon. Um, uh, even though I heard it's in August. the next coming weeks, so probably we'll have it in our next episode. We'll see. Or probably like tomorrow. <laughs> um, <laughs> no one else thinks work around the show. It wouldn't yeah, surprise me. It's just, yeah, exactly. It's it hap- We move our show, and now. Uh, now the curse moves with us as well. Yeah, um, <laughs> the podcast jinx will never die. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the um, but yeah, I I did mention it before. I don't think he'll sign with the Predators. Um, but just because they have Nick Benino, but if they do, it'll probably be for like a you know a fourth line role or a third line role. Um, because or he'll he'll sign for less than what he was worth beforehand. Yeah. The other debate is Mike Fisher's their captain. If he doesn't yeah. come back, who becomes their captain? Yeah. That's going to be uh, another inter- interesting thing. That'll be to, interesting. Uh, I would imagine uh, they'll probably be Yossi. Um, it'll probably be Yossi or, I don't know, maybe F- Forsberg um, or Johansson if they can sign him. Yeah, uh, maybe they give Ryan Johansson, like, a, I don't know if he has an A already on his jersey. You know what would be uh, interesting, though, but probably won't happen, P.K. Subban. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Imagine yeah. P.K. I don't think captain. it will happen, though. But yeah. <laughs> Or they could give it to Pecorino. Just because, yeah, but, like, uh, goalies don't become captains ever. Remember yeah, that well, Robert they, they rarely do. Luongo yeah. was the one exception. Then again, that experiment only lasted yeah. for one. So um, um, yeah. you never know. Well, um, I, I think it's probably going to go to a long-time predator. Maybe even Ryan Ellis. I don't know. Um, yeah. But I, I, th- I think a defenseman's a wise bet if it's not Mike Fisher. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or it could go to Arvidsson. We were talking about. Yeah, it could be Victor. Now that he has a long-term deal. Um, all right, speaking of, uh, actually, I don't know what I'm speaking of because I just realized Shannon Kirk wasn't even the captain uh, for the Blues. But uh, uh, Colton Pareko of the Blues, This is we're back to the rapid fire here. Uh, this was another move um, that, uh, that was made. There was, like, some talks. Beforehand, that the uh, the Blues were looking were asking for two years, uh, for like four four million or something like that. I forget the exact numbers. I, I think it was a total of uh, seven uh, three point five million per year. So yeah, that's yeah. Two year seven million dollar deal. Yeah. And then uh, Colton Pareko was looking for one year for four million. 
which I never 4. understood. 4.85 million to be precise. Yeah. Uh, I, I saw it from one of the hockey experts on Twitter. I think it was either McKenzie or Friedman. But, like, that didn't make sense that he would want less money and less years. But it turns out that, especially since he he's destined to be that guy, uh, he's 24 years old, he had four goals, 31 assists, with that's uh, 35 points. Uh, but it turns out they both got... Um, they both got a long-term, uh, they both ended up getting a long-term deal before settling. Um, five years, 5.5 million. If you don't know, we love guys' jersey numbers, but uh, Colton Pareko wears the number 55. Um, he's very much like Sidney Crosby, who uh, makes $87 million, $8.7 million um, every year. So, um yeah, so Colton Pareko gets the um, gets uh, five years, five point five million um, every year. It is um, thirty five points um, in eighty one games, which is impressive considering that Shannonkirk um, and Petrangelo were on the t- well. Shannonkirk was on the team for half the year, and Petrangelo was also on the team, who was pretty good too. Um, so. I'd assume he'll get more of a role this year. Um, he asked if they're going to sign him for that much money. Um, let me look at their cap situation here. Um, They—I don't think they have too many other guys that they have to sign left. Oh, they do have a couple of guys here: uh, Dimitri Jaskin, uh, Robbie Fabry. Uh, Oscar Sunguis and Bill Bennett are all RFAs, and so is Joel Edmondson. Um, and then they have Magnus Parvi and Kyle Brodziak as UFAs. So they have those guys left to sign um, with a $3 million cap space left. So I assume a couple of those guys aren't going to be signed. Oh, wait, no, that's I'm reading for in 2018-19. But well, still. it's never it's never too late to get ahead yeah. of uh, this show. I was right? like, wait, wait a second, <laughs> something's off here. But no, well, it's not like they got like Tarasenko to resign the next full. No, 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 no. Like I was I was just thinking like, wait, something's <laughs> off. But yeah. and, and Paul Stasny is going to be in UFA next year too. So, um, oh, wow. but yeah, so they that deal quick. yeah, yeah uh, so they did sign everyone uh, that they need to sign this year. But um, yeah, uh, what do you think of the deal? So, um, again, the lead-up was a bit surprising, and, and you mm. told me um, on email chat, like, why why even give up uh, an extra $2 million? Like, it's it's on the table, like, um, like uh, yeah, you, I was the, pissed off. Wanted two <laughs> years, team wanted two years, $7 million, you wanted $4.85 million for one year, that's, that's still about two-plus yep. million left on the table, why why would you do that? And right. I guess you're, you're thinking, or what you're hearing was, well, maybe if he has one big year, he's going to be worth a lot more. Right. And and to that extent, in his rookie campaign, he had nine goals and 33 points, averaged 19 minutes and 23 seconds uh, time on ice per game, fourth highest amongst Blues defenders. Last year, his time on ice went up to 21 minutes and 11 seconds. He only scored four goals but finished with 35 points. Then you take Shattenkirk out of the picture – his goal moving forward is probably a top two role, top three role on uh, the team. And considering he also shoots right like Shattenkirk does, he's probably going to be paired with Petrangelo. 
Um, and you also look at Jay Bomister. He, he could outplay Jay Bomister. He's only two years into his NHL career. Um, I think he's probably got a bit more, more stamina than Bomister does, especially given. And you look at his postseason stats, four goals, 12 points in 31 games. That's nothing to shake a stick at. Um, but what really impressed me is that um, his performance at the World Hockey Championships, um, how well he performed, seven points in six games. He really took it up a notch there. Only played in 160 games. Um, Blues GM Doug Armstrong really liked what he saw during that championship. He's also got size at six foot six, so he have a talented defenseman that brings a lot of size. Those are very tough to find. Um, He's six five, and, actually. Uh, six five, six six. It's, it's still pretty, still pretty tall defenseman yeah. that you have there. And this is a defensive pairing: uh, uh, Petrangelo and um, and Pareko. Um, you need that to compete in the Central Division when you have guys like Ben and Sagan in Dallas, yep. and of course you have Tarasenko. But now you've got uh, still uh, Taves and Kane in Chicago. Even without Panarin, uh, the Hawks are are a formidable opponent. You got Shifley and Line. Uh, with the Winnipeg Jets, um, you still got a lot of good forwards on Colorado to contend with, even if Colorado does terrible again. Um, there are no slouches in this division. Um, and when you look at um, who they also have in Joel Edmondson, along with Jay Bomister, I think you've got a top four that can hang around with anybody in this yeah, league. So it's a really good um, line. I think, so, I think okay. locking up Pareko to a long-term deal was the right move, the smart move, and I think down the road it's going to be a good sign. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think he's one of the better young defensemen out there right now. So, I um, mean, a couple of years, I think it will it will work out for them even better. My thinking was more in terms of before this whole thing, I was thinking, like, why would you get one year, like, when the, play- when the team, usually what happens is the team asks for less and the player asks for more. And my thinking is, well, I mean, ideally you want a long-term deal, but if you, like, I, I was just thinking the players, the player ass should be more, um, you know, like I'm worth more than that. So it was just odd to me that he was asking for one year um, for less money even still. Um, it didn't make sense to me. But I'm glad it worked out for them, a long-term deal was probably what they were both doing, and they probably just had something written down just just to uh, mess with people, but um, mess with people like me, um, who were so confused yeah. that day. Um, well, hey, the media bought it. Yeah. They, 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 they took the bait, right? It's true, it's true. Um, I, I, I have a feeling that's probably what happened. They were just trying to mess with people like me. Um yeah, yeah. Like, like the negotiation process, we see like some of these initial offers, and you're yeah. just like, "What? Why? Yeah. What? Are they really, do they really think they're worth that much? Or yeah, yeah. What's he doing offering this?" And and then they signed a long term deal, and just like, oh, "I guess it doesn't matter." Right, right. I I think that's probably what what happened is they had a deal in mind already. They were just both writing something down, um, just because they had to. Um, Thomas Tatar. This is another one that um, was interesting because I think there was a player. The player asked for something, and then the uh, team. They were one. Point, they were one point two million dollars apart. The team and the player and the arbitration. But talks the player, first. but Tatar asked for more, right? 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Probably, right. yeah. Yeah, I always I'm going to have to like now it's like going to be in question cuz yeah. I'm going to have to assume that the player asked for more, but maybe not anymore. I don't know. Uh so Tatar gets uh 4 years, 5.3 million. He had uh he was he's a 26-year-old. Uh he had 25 points, 21 assists, which makes for 46 points this year. Um that's, um, yeah, in a full season, I mean, that's not great, but he is their best, he's one of their better young players right now. Uh, he plays on their top line. I was looking at the Red Wings cap friendly page. Um, they don't have a ton of cap space left. Um, although they have Johan Franzen, who's on IR, um, who makes about $4 million. Um, they only have, they have to worry about, the only person they have to worry about now is, um, Andres Athanasu, um, who's an RFA. Um, but, uh, so they have to sign that guy, but, um, they don't really have a ton of money to spare. Um, I would assume they're waiting to put, uh, Franzen on long-term IR, um, so that they can sign Andres Athanasu, but they may have to do some maneuvering um, in order to uh, sign him. Um, Maybe we'll they're hoping a team like Arizona can take on another bad contract. We'll see. Yeah, that's true. Although Arizona, I think, is going to try to compete this year, so we'll see. But, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, what do you think of this deal? Well, um, this is similar to the kind of money that Mike Hoffman's getting, similar to the kind of money that Andre Palat's getting in Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, the kind of money that Tatar was hoping to get pre-arbitration. Um, is he worth it, though? Well, he's got four 20-goal seasons under his belt. He got 19 in his second year of NHL duty. Uh, he scored a career-high 29 goals and 56 points in 2014-2015. In the two seasons since his career year, he hasn't been able to match his point total. Um, to, to put things in, uh, plain and simple, if he's on a roll, it's, he, this guy's tough to stop. He's got the skill. Uh, in the 2013 AHL playoffs, he got 16 goals in 24 games. So he can really light it up offensively. But again, he's streaky. Yep. Um, the work ethic needs to be there. And I don't think it's just him. I think the same goes with Gustav Nyquist and Peter Morazic. We all know the storyline behind Morazic. Um, but in his first two full seasons in the AHL, Gustav Nyquist scored 27 and 28 goals respectively. In the two years since then, he scored 17 and 12 goals. Yeah. So if the Red Wings want to get back in the playoffs, Tatar definitely needs to play a critical role, but Nyquist and Morazic also need to step up their game. Yeah. So um, I yeah. think he's worth it. If he shows the work ethic, Thomas Tatar is worth every penny. Yeah, and uh, Dylan Larkin as well. Um, and Anthony Mantha, who played well last year, but they have to be better too. Um by the way, I don't know if you remember, like, uh, last year I was saying that Henrik Zetterberg is going to trail off. Yeah, he was, at, yeah. he was, wasn't he their best player again? Yeah, he was their best player. He had, like, 68 yeah. points or something like that. Um, <laughs> wonder. Uh, I guess I, I missed that point. Um, along with my Sabres prediction, too. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a bold prediction. It's just injuries yeah. kind of gotten away. Yeah. Um, it could have, it could have happened. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I was just looking at Tatari's stats. Um, his best season was in 2014-2015 when he had 29 goals, 27 assists for 56 points. 
Um, and then his next two years, uh, he had he didn't even get to 50 points. So uh, I don't know what's going on with them. Maybe it has something to do with Babcock isn't our Blashill isn't Babcock, but um, yeah, uh, that's what happens. Um, let's go to uh, Brian Dumoulin. Uh, this was kind of a weird move here. Uh, he he got six years, four point one million. He's a bit of a defensive defenseman. He had fifteen points, uh, one goal, fourteen assists. He's twenty five years old, uh, thirty three points in his career. I think he's played in two seasons so far. It's a lot of money for a defensive defenseman. I feel like. Um, especially considering I'm looking at their cap friendly page, this is going to be a thing now. Uh, Connor Sheary still has to be signed. Um, the Penguins, I believe he has an arbitration hearing on August the fourth. Okay. So we'll probably find. He'll probably get signed next episode. Yeah, probably. Um, the uh, his cap, the Penguins cap space is six million, so I think he'll be signed um, to a decent deal. Um, Maybe long term or maybe like a two year kind of thing, but uh, we'll see. But yeah, so uh, Jake Brian Dumoulin signed. It's a little bit of an odd move just because he's not. I don't even think he's a first pair on the on the team, is he? Yeah, he's not because they have Olimata, Chris Letang when healthy. Um, yeah, he's like a four. He's a according to Daily Faceoff, he's a third pairing defenseman, um, but. Um, yeah, it's a lot of money for that. I don't know if I get it, really. Um, can you decipher it, Steve? Well, it was tough to decipher his original request, which was $4.35 million. I'm just like, get yeah. out of here. He's not worth that much, is he? Well, But he got uh, the, 4.1, I mean. Yeah, he got <laughs> $4.1 million. It wasn't yeah. too far off. And, and um, the front office countered with $1.95 million originally, so just yeah. under $2 million. So um, definitely definitely worth more than one million that from what we learned but um to get a six-year deal that's 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 pretty good for the here and now too much money down the road is a different story because um amongst penguin a uh, penguins defenseman who played in more than 50 games brian jumelin believe it or not averaged the highest ice time per game at 20 minutes and 32 seconds and with trevor daly now in detroit that ice time could go up especially if Latang's hurt again um in the postseason he averaged the highest time on ice per game, 21 minutes, 59 seconds. Huge part of their penalty kill as well. But I look at a guy like Ian Cole, who's got $2.1 million left for one year, and I would argue that he had a bigger year than Brian Jumlin. He led all Penguins defensemen in hits with 164. He blocked 194 shots, which is not only first on the team, but probably top 20 or 30 even in the NHL overall. And he chalked up 30... Uh, he chalked up 26 points, and Jumlin's had 31 points in his first two NHL seasons combined. Uh, and Ian Cole was able to do all that while averaging 33 seconds less than Brian in the regular season. And in the postseason, Ian's time on ice went down, but yet he was still able to register 44 hits and 64 blocked shots. And again, only making $2.1 million with a year left on his deal. So he's probably going to get a pay raise. Meanwhile, Brian Jumelin's averaging a bit more money than Oli Mata. So, like, you're paying him Oli Mata kind of money. Uh, and if he's, if, he can, he's, if he's able to continue to improve on those stats over the next little while, I think he's going to be worth that money. Um, and 
and the the problem is the problem is with this deal is that deals like this might come back to haunt you in a cap crunch, especially down the road. You're probably going to have to sign Zach Aston Reese, um, one of the better college uh, prospects uh, available that they signed. Uh, Jake Gensel, who also came out of nowhere and just tore it up, especially in the playoffs. Yeah, um, they're probably going to have to re-sign him eventually once his entry level's up, and he's probably going to be worth a lot more than what Brian Dumoulin's getting paid if he keeps this up. Yep. Um, so it this this deal makes sense now. In two or three years, I'm not quite sure. However, Dumoulin does have this going for him. He was able to play that kind of hockey while playing injured. Apparently... He re-injured his hand multiple times during the playoffs. Um, just despite that injury, he played a key role in the Penns championship run. Um, in Game 5 of the Columbus series, he broke it. It was re-injured a handful of times after that. And just like the Carlson injury, if he didn't tell us, we probably wouldn't have even thought of it. So um, it's, it's not that he's I'm, – I'm less concerned – if he's going to be worth the money down the road, I'm just concerned. Can the Penguins afford a salary like Brian Dumoulin down the road? And I don't know if they can. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, Mark Streit uh, gets signed to the Habs for one year, 700000 He's 39 years old. Uh, he had six goals, 21 assists. That's 27 points. Um, he was traded mid-season um, from the uh, the pen, from the Flyers to the uh, Lightning and the Lightning to the Penguins because it wouldn't make sense for the Penguins and the Flyers to trade to each other. Um, but yeah, so he had a he had a decent year for a 39 year old. Um, the the Habs looks like it won't they won't sign um, Andre Markov. They, they lost, confirmed it. They've parted ways. Yeah, They've confirmed it. They've lost uh, Emmelin um, to uh, Nashville. Um, or, well, I mean, to Vegas and eventually Nashville. And then eventually to Nashville. And um, they also lost Shurgachev, who didn't really play um, this year uh, for them. But uh, So this could and they be... Also, yeah, this they could also be, traded Bolio to the Sabres as well, yeah. so they don't have him anymore. So this and, could... And uh, Nesterov's in the KHL, so there he goes as yep. well. So this could be like a replacement for Markov um, just for a bit. Um, we'll see if it works out for them. Um, it is interesting that he's a 39-year-old playing uh, right now. Um, he could be he could be decent for them. Um, 700000 is is pretty cheap. So, um, mm-hmm. so it's like uh, if it doesn't work out, it's... It's not the end of the world kind of thing. So this could work out for them. And it's familiar territory for Stripe because he started off his career in Montreal in his third and final year with the Canadians. He recorded 62 points in 81 games. Uh, Probably not going to do that anytime soon. Um, In his first three years with the Islanders, he recorded 45-plus points. First two years with Philly, at least 40. The last two seasons, not even close to to 30, but... He didn't get to 30 points. Yeah, 27 points in 68 games isn't bad, though. So, yeah. yeah. And um, even though he's got 40 points over the last two years, 21 of them have come on the power play. So he's still a power play specialist, right. and, which is basically what Markov was has, has been uh, able to do for the Habs over the last several years. But yeah. um, 
it this this was a cheaper option to Andre Markov because you're paying a guy seven hundred thousand dollars in his previous contract. He was making five point two five million on average per year, and you look at Markov, he's averaged. Um, just taking a look at uh, Markov's numbers, um, I think he's averaged thirty to forty points over the last four years. Uh, he's been getting paid five point seven five million over the last three on average per year. So, given the choice, Markov is still worth close to that kind of money than Mark Streit. So that's why they brought in Mark Streit as a cheaper option for Andre Markov. Now they have $8 million available to spend on whatever they want. They could get a free agent, a veteran free agent like Shane Doan or Yarmar Yager or Jerome McGinley. Yep. Or they could maybe use it to afford the number one center they've been looking for. But if, if they've given up a lot of their defensemen, so it's probably going to be draft picks they're going to have to cough up now. But yep. at least if they want a number one center, they can afford a number one center because they have the cap space now. When you say number one center, do you mean like Matt Duchesne? Probably the likelier option, but you never know. Vergevin's known for uh, blindsiding us out of nowhere with a trade, so it oh. maybe won't be Matt Duchesne. We'll see. Oh, because uh, I, I thought you had someone in mind. That's, that, okay. that's the first name that comes to mind. I thought that. I thought that's who you had in mind. Um, oh yeah, it is the first name that comes to mind. Right. But again. Mark Bergman decided to trade Sergachev for Druin and could sure. resign Radulov. So, yeah, he, he's he's unpredictable. He's unpredictable. Right. Yeah, we'll see. Um, all right, Mika Zibanejad. Uh, speaking of centers, um, Mika Zibanejad uh, gets resigned to the Rangers. Five years, five point three million. Um, he had an interesting year this year. Uh, he's 24 years old, 14 goals, 23 assists. That's 37 points. However, he was injured for most of the season, uh, so he only played in 56 games. So still, 37 points in 56 games is not bad um, at all. The Ranger, this I would assume this means that the Rangers, this uh, Zabinijad will be their top center um, for them. This is a pretty good deal if it can work out for them. Um, we're not sure if he can prove to be that guy, but um, but at the moment, you know, he has a lot of potential. He's still 24 years old. Um, the Rangers should get a lot of opportunity now. So, um, yeah, I was just looking. Um, I guess um, JT Miller, Kevin Hayes, and David DeHarnay would be the other centers. Um, so they, they might want... Um, Maybe maybe they'll get into the Matt Duchesne race. Um, we'll see. Um, yeah, so what do you think of the Zibanejad signing? Well, getting back to the, um, to the debate of, you know, should they get another center? Well, uh, Corey... Uh-oh. ...my old friend Brooksy, um, he mentioned that uh, the Rangers are expected to try and trade Nick Holden, who they just got from Colorado. So I don't know if they'd be willing to say, yeah, yeah. can you take uh, Nick Holden off our hands after we took him off yours, please? Well, and no. we can get back uh, to Shane. That'd be great. Well, Holden um, didn't have a bad – oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. was like going to say Holden, Holden – you're right. He had a great year. But, yeah. again, he's, he's going to – Nick Holden. The problem is – He's now on a. He was on a team with stable defense. Colorado had no stable defense. Yeah, but he, uh, let me look up Nick Holden's stats here. All right, he had 
he had 34 points in 80 games, so he, he had a pretty decent year. But yeah, maybe Colorado will want, will realize, like, oh, we kind of need Nick Holden back. Let's let's take him back, kind of thing. But yeah, you're right. They might not. Or they could get Kevin Shankirk back, who they uh, once had on uh, their team. Yeah, didn't they draft him, I think? Yeah, um, and then I think they traded him to, to St. Louis. So, right. For, uh, like, was it, like, Chris Stewart, I think? I'm not quite sure who it was, but either way, St. Right. Louis won that trade, probably. Yeah, um, probably. <laughs> but, yeah. Anyway, so, um, if they get, uh, the rumor is that if they trade Nick Holden, they're going to try and get a center to help out. The odds of a center being better than Savannah Jad or JT Miller or Kevin Hayes, mm-hmm. I doubt it. So, it's probably going to be a depth ad more than anything. Um, now... Regarding Zibanejad, Jad, you're right. Um, at the time of his injury, I think he suffered a broken fibula. Um, it forced him to miss an extended period of time. It was a mid-season injury. At the time of that injury, he was one of the Rangers' top scorers. And then in the playoffs, he uh, adds nine points in 12 games. So he finished off the season strong for sure. And in his final two years with Ottawa, he scored 20 and 21 goals respectively including a career-high 51 points in 2015-2016. That was his last year with the Sens. And um, in, each of his, um, in each of his first four, five, six years in the NHL, his stats have progressively gotten better. Uh, so I really think that Mika Zibanejad is getting to that point where he's worth between 3 and $5 million. Easy. Can he be a number one center? That's the big question. Um, because both Zibanejad and JT Miller, according to Cap Friendly, both can play on the wing. But again, when you have guys like Kevin Hayes and David DeArnay as your other centers, um, one of them is probably going to have to be a top center. So the question is, will Zibanejad be that guy? Um, if he's not that, can he consistently put up 50 to 60 points every year like they expect him to? I think that's a big question. Not as big as the need for a number one center, but still a big question. Um, because Derek Stefan is in Arizona. They just traded him. They drafted a guy, um, Elias Anderson. He won't be around for at least a couple of years. And until he's ready, it's obvious the Rangers need a number one center right now. Yep. Um, Especially, I think, that's, that, I think that's part of the reason why they, were in, that why they were willing to pay him the massive money. Because you can't lose a guy like Zibanejad. They need a guy like that. Yep. The problem with Sabanajad is there are times when he was in Ottawa where I wasn't sure if his compete level was there. I wasn't sure if he wanted the puck more. Now that there's more pressure on his shoulders, he's going to have to want that puck every time. He's going to have to shoot the puck more if he wants to be successful at it. Because there were several times where he had a golden opportunity to score and you know he didn't shoot the puck hard enough or he decided mm-hmm. to pass. Um, if he's hungry for the puck... I think that's what's going to make him successful, if he's hungry and if he wants it. And that's the big challenge for him moving forward. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I think he has all the potential and all the making to be that guy. It's just now he has to actually do it. So we'll see. Um, The Rangers are in an odd situation because Lundqvist is 35 years old. You know, they have have Shannonkirk now. They got rid of Stepan. Um, it'll be interesting to see how this new team works out for them. Um, they don't have Rance anymore to back them up. They yeah, don't they don't have, have Rance anymore. So, um, we'll see what happens. Especially, 
Do you realize they, they got rid of Cam Talbot? They used to have Cam Talbot. That would have helped him out right now. Oh, boy, uh, they would uh, love him now. I know. They would uh, love him. <laughs> by the way, I was looking at the Kevin Shankirk um, trade. Uh, also, Eric Johnson was involved in that trade as well. So it was Chris Stewart, uh, Kevin Shankirk, and Eric Johnson, and then like a couple draft picks. Um, speaking of the Rangers as well, Brendan Peary is joining Kevin Klein in the Swiss League, the same team. Uh, so we were just talking about the centers. So Peary isn't going to be uh, – uh, was a center for them, but uh, now he's gone to the Swiss League as well. So he's leaving the Rangers in the dust as well, um, which is kind of funny. Um, and also, I remember Brandon Peary scored 22 goals and two assists one year with Florida. That was hilarious. Yeah. The most hilarious 20-goal season I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, speaking of, also in Rangers news, loosely Rangers news, um, the uh, so Jimmy VC was the hot ticket last year um, yeah. because he he, just, he declined the Nashville Predators offer and joined the Rangers on August 15th. Um, In looks, hindsight, what a shame. Yeah, although, I mean, I think Jimmy VC didn't have a terrible year. He didn't have a great year either. Yeah, but, but he didn't go to the finals, though. Oh, right, that's true, yeah. Um, yeah, he had 20... Okay, he had, a, he had a bad year. He had 27 points in 80 games. But uh, anyways, it looks like another Hobie Baker winner um, is also going to leave um, their team and not sign... Um, his name is Will Butcher. He's a defenseman. Um, he had 37 points in 43 games, which is not bad for a defenseman. I know it's the NCAA, but um, there's that. Um, we'll see what what team goes for him. But they have a they have a decent defensive prospect if they uh, whoever gets him. Um, Montreal he, would be wise to jump all over that. They need uh, a solid defensive prospect. Yep. Um, Connor Hellebuck uh, re-signed. To, well, I mean, any team would would love to have that guy. Um, but yeah, um, you know, defensemen, young defensemen like that don't grow on trees, so to speak. No, they don't. Um, Hel- Connor Hellebuck re-signed to the Jets, uh, one year, two point two five million. I think this is a little out of the move, just because Connor Hellebuck's their goalie of the future. But he didn't have a great year, which I'll get into right now. Uh, he's um, he's 24 years old. He had a 26, 19, and four record, um, which is 56 games, um, which isn't bad considering that he had a 2.89 GAA and a 9.07 save percentage. Um, they all the Jets also acquired Steve Mason, so he'll bring some competition. To the Jets, as you mentioned to me before the show, um, but uh, I don't know. I feel like this is an odd move, just because I feel like um, you should sign him up for a longer term. But maybe this will be like a good motivator for Hellebuck because he did sign it, um, and this will be like, uh, okay, this is what I can do, um, just with another year under my belt, kind of thing. Um, it's also impressive. You were telling me about his central division stats, which were yeah. really impressive. Yeah. Um, so he went 12, three and one 
posted a GAA of 2.09 against the Central Division, including a 4-1 record and a 1.61 goals against average against the Chicago freaking Blackhawks, who are the best team in the entire Western Conference. Yep. And he faced 163 shots against Chicago. So they didn't make it easy on him in that five-game season series, but he still pulled away with four wins. So he's okay. fully capable of leaving, leading this team, but he's got to show consistency. Like, in his first year, he appeared in 26 games, went 13-11-1. So he actually posted a better record this year than he did in his first year. But his GAA went from 2.34 in his first season to 2.89, like you mentioned, in his second. His save percentage, only 9.07 this year. The year before that, it was 9.18. Uh, and he was pulled at least seven times this year as well. Um, but the reason they signed Steve Mason is because they needed to give Connor Hellebuck a push. Yep. It's not a prove-it deal or else, because he's like 23, 24 years old. Steve Mason's been in this league for eight years longer than Connor, and as we all know, he's been just as inconsistent as Hellebuck. So... I think it's more the fact that Michael Hutchinson wasn't pushing Connor Hellebuck enough. Yeah. He wasn't giving him that much of a challenge. Steve Mason is going to do that. Um, the Central Division record alone basically shows us that Connor Hellebuck can and is capable of leading this Winnipeg Jets team. He's capable of leading them to the playoffs. He's just got to find that consistency level. That's the biggest key, and that's that's not always easy to do for a young goaltender in this league not every young goalie becomes a carry price overnight right it takes time so i think he's definitely capable of um getting a long-term extension with the winnipeg jets um i think this year's numbers kind of held him back from doing that i think if he has a better gaa a better save percentage they give him that long-term deal yeah but i think a one-year 2.25 million i think that's fair for both sides and um, like you said, a motivating factor for Connor Halibut. This year's a big year for him. Yeah, I have faith in him. Um, we'll see. Uh, oh, I was going to say, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, Robin Lehner uh, resigned to the Sabres one year for one year, $4 million. Uh, he's 26 years old. This is a little sh- shocking to me because he's kind of a reverse Connor Halibut. Because he had a losing record, 23, 26, and 8. But he had a really good GAA and a save percentage. Well, I mean, GAA was decent. But his save percentage, he had a 9.20 save percentage, a 2.68 GAA. Um, yeah, and this is all on a team that the Sabres didn't have Eichel, Ryan O'Reilly, Ocposo, and a couple of other guys I'm missing um, who... Uh, who uh, decided into that factor of winning and losing so um in, in injury so i would assume um he'll be decent this year too a 920 save percentage on a losing team um is really impressive it's kind of like a Corey schneider kind of thing last year mm-hmm. yeah and like i said for a goalie with a losing record 920 yep. save percentage is astounding especially when you consider his 59 appearances were by far yep. and away the most in a single season of NHL duty. His previous high was 36. Yep. And in 29 of his 59 appearances, in 25 of his 59 appearances, he gave up two goals or less. So, again, another very impressive feat. And especially when you consider early in the year on home ice, Buffalo couldn't score to save their life. 
So um, he, he was really on the wrong end of some uh, performances. Um, but his it, his numbers against the Eastern Conference are going to have to improve against the Metro. He had a GAA over three. He won two, eight, and two. Uh, again, save percentage better, a lot better than the goals against average would indicate. But still, two, eight, and two against the Metro. That's going to have to improve. And against uh, the Atlantic, he was, I believe, 10, 10, and four. He was 500 um, against... Um, divisional opponents but again like Connor Hellebuck consistency is going to be the key um because I, I remember it, back in January mid-January Buffalo was playing Toronto in Toronto and Leonard was looking good early on TV timeout goes to the bench gets a sip of water smiles at a pretty lady in the stands next thing you know bang 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 two three goals go by him he's pulled from the game so he needs to be a guy who's locked in for 60 minutes. He needs to do that every night. Yep. Um, and while it might seem like a prove-it deal on the surface, especially with Chad Johnson now back in the picture, we know what he's done the past couple of years. Yep. He's still Robin Leonard's still going to be an RFA after the signing, according to Cap Friendly. So the Sabres still have his rights after the season. He's not going to become uh, a UFA. He doesn't control his own destiny. The Sabres still have his rights. I think that's part of the reason why they signed him to a one-year deal and not a two-year deal. Because if they sign to a two-year deal and he does well, then he probably controls his own destiny and can go yep. wherever he wants. So I think this was a really smart move by Buffalo in that sense. Yep. Um, the next item on our list uh, is a guy I've never even heard of, but um, he got a four-year, $1.6 million deal. His name is Adam Pellick. He's on the Islanders. Uh, he's a 22-year-old. Uh, he had 10 points in 44 games. I think this is interesting compared to Dumoulin because he's, he's another defensive defenseman. Um, you know, like Dumoulin gets 4.1 million six years, whereas Pellick gets a decent amount, like still a long-term deal, but less for less money um, with mm-hmm. 1.6 million. So um, this could work out for them. There are a lot of you know, defensive defensemen are as important as offensive defensemen. So, um, yeah, this could work out for them. I don't know much about him, but uh, um, this could work out for them. It is a long-term deal. Well, he's going to get paid less than 900000 in the first year of this brand-new yep. deal. But on the other hand, his salary is going to go up gradually in years two, three, and four. And come year four, it's going to be up to $2.5 million. Yep. Um, last year, Adam Pellick averaged over 16 minutes per game. Um, now that Hamnicks and Calgary probably going to expect probably expected to play a bigger role yep. uh, compared to last year, but is he going to get as much ice time as Nick Letty or Johnny Boychuk or even Thomas Hickey? Probably not. Yeah, doubt it. Right. So this contract could become a burden moving forward, according to Adam Herman, who writes for Blue Shirt Banter. I uh, saw two tweets. The first one pointed out that the Islanders' management will be coughing up. A combined thirty-five point six five million over the next four years to the following three players: Cal Clutterbuck, Casey Sizikas, and Adam Pellick. Big deal, right? Yeah. Well, the second tweet points out that the Isles still have guys like Tavares, Brock Nelson, uh, Anthony Bovillier, uh, Josh Bailey, Anders Lee, Jordan Eberle, Calvin DeHaan, who's up for arbitration in a bit and Thomas Hickey to re-sign over the next two years. So this signing could be a Dumoulin in the sense that it's good now, down the road, could come back to haunt them. But at the same time, it's 1.6 uh, AAV. It's not like it's like a, 
4.6, like 2 million. Years. Yeah, you know? you're, you're right. Given the choice, uh, if they have to part ways with either Clutterbuck or Zizekas, it'll probably be yeah, one of those it's two more, guys. It's more Clutterbuck well, like, and Zizekas. Option, but yeah. still, it's... It, it, the Snow's going to have to really work the cap in the next And week. even Clutterbuck and Zizekas are both making like 3 million, or 3.5 million for uh, mm-hmm. Clutterbuck. So it's it's not like a it's not like a terrible deal. It's not like Paul Snazny in uh, Colorado uh, in in St. Louis. And, and I suppose Colorado. when you think about the fact that Josh Hossain is probably going to have a future with yeah. the Islanders, that Matt Barzell is going to have a future, that Kiefer Bells is going to have a call. future, maybe guys like uh, Josh Bailey um, maybe don't maybe aren't in their plans. But yeah. uh, again, only time will tell in that sense. But um, I, I, I guess. Shmira. Maybe it's a happy problem for the Islanders to have, but yep. it. I, I'm just saying down the road, like right now, it's good. Down the road is is the big yeah. question. They do have to worry about John Tavares, but yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the only guy that's they have to really worry about. That, that's the only guy that would be like, what you, you couldn't sign John Tavares, <laughs> you know? Yeah, Beardy, yeah. you got Alan Pellick. Who cares? Give yeah. us Tavares, please. Exactly. Uh, Jordan Martinick. Um, Arizona gets signed uh, two years, $1.8 million. He's a 25-year-old, 11 goals, 14 assists. That's 25 points in 77 games. It's a good it's a good depth move for Arizona. Um, he could be decent for them. So, yeah, there's that. Yeah, he posted 64 block shots, which led the team. 64 yep. block shots to lead the team. Oh, that's low. Um, but he's <laughs> averaged 25 points over the first two seasons. He was a former 40-goal scorer with the WHL's yep. Vancouver Giants. Former second round pick. If he gets into an offensive groove and averages 44, uh, 40 points a season, I think he could involve it, uh, evolve into a valuable asset for them. And yeah. they've got a lot of good assets already coming up. True. Uh, Brian Campbell retires. Uh, he's played for four teams Buffalo, Florida, Chicago, and San Jose for a year. Um, I don't know if you knew that. Uh, but uh, uh, that, that was that was new to me. I, yeah. Maybe maybe no, it was, but just like it was, it, was it just happened. Games. But yeah. people don't remember it. Uh, it was for twenty games. It was his last year in Buffalo. Uh, oh. He got traded during the deadline. So um, in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, um, he played. That's roughly. Um, I think that's. I'm just Almost doing math quick. That's. Uh, uh, I think that's about like 14 years in the league. Um, he's won a cup. Uh, he made the All-Star game. He also won a Lady Bing as well in 2011. Um, so, yeah, he's uh, he retired. Um, I guess yeah, and uh, now he's going to play a role in the Blackhawks front office. Yep. He'll have a role in marketing, community, and youth hockey initiatives oh, with the Blackhawks. Uh, also a former 67 um, so well known around the junior hockey ranks here in Ottawa, yep. and uh, his best season, believe it or not, 2011-2012 with the Florida Panthers. His first year there, chalked yep. up 53 points and 31 power play points, both career highs. Yep, I'm looking at his hockey reference page. It looks like he's he's always been on the cups of winning the Norse. Um, yeah, but uh, like he was fifth in fifth place in the Norris um, for a couple times. Or sixteenth place to yeah. uh, he got some Norris votes. Uh, he's not making the Hall of Fame, but uh, he was a very good um, player uh, mm-hmm. for them. 
he, he's another defensive defenseman. We have a lot of those guys this week. Yeah, defensive um, defenseman with a bit of offensive bite to his yep. game, I guess. Bruins sends. I'll let you go first because uh, they made a couple of deals that were more worthy than the Bruins did. Oh, very kind of you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, um, three deals to report. It started off with a key signing in the form of Jean-Gabriel Pajot, who now gets an average of $3.1 million over the next three years. In his previous two years, he earned $1.8 million total. Uh, 24-year-old recorded nine goals, seven of them shorthanded, and 43 points in 2015-16. This year, this past year, 12 goals and 33 points in the regular season. But, again, really turned it up in the playoffs finished with eight goals and 10 points in 19 games, including a four-goal performance in Game 2 of the Rangers series. Um, for a third or fourth-line center, having a guy like Pajot is huge. Um, then we get a surprise signing in Ryan Dezingle, more so for the money that he signed for. He's going to be receiving an average of $1.8 million for the next two years, uh, which comes a season after he scored 14 goals and 32 points in 81 games. Uh, cooled off a bit in the second half, though. It should be noteworthy. Most of his success came in the first half. So I'm interested to see next year's numbers and if he can improve on that season. And then we got a pleasant signing that I wasn't expecting, which was Johnny Oduya signing for one year at $1 million. Uh, he could also make another $1.5 bucks in incentives, so that could turn into a $2.5 million deal down the road. Um, over 100 games of playoff experience and not one but two Stanley Cup rings, that's very valuable to a team that looks to get back into the Final Four. Um, and the fact that he had a better offer from another team, or even more than one club, uh, and the fact that he was able that he decided to turn that down to play right here in Ottawa also tells you something about what the Sens were able to do this year, this past year. Um, so I'd be foolish to say that this year wasn't a big year, um, especially given what their off-seasons look like for the next two years. Um Next year, we have Turris, Borbietsky, Weidman, and Craig Anderson. All of them are UFAs after this year. Mark Stone, Cody Cece, and Freddie Clayson are all RFAs. And then in 2019, we have Derek Broussard, Alex Burrows, Eric Carlson, Ryan Dezingle, Nate Thompson, and Tom Pyatt. All of them are UFAs. Um, so of that list, Turris and Carlson are probably going to need the most cash um anderson could be a must-have commodity if he has another big year as well so right now pierre dorian is set over the next two off seasons though he's really going to have to earn his pay because that's when the core is going to be exposed the most and if he can't do that the sentence could be in very big trouble and just to get back to the aduya signing carlson logged two minutes eight seconds less on average last year than he did uh the year before that in 2015 2016 so I would expect Johnny Oduya to take some of the ice time that Mathod can't fill or at least balance the ice time that could go to Carlson if no one else could fill it. So that is even more of a clutch acquisition when you consider that. Uh, so really like the Johnny Oduya signing. I think that could be a very big one down the road for the Ottawa Senators. Yeah. Now to Brett's Bruins, you can rant all you want. Yeah, I was just going to say, I do like the Oduya pick especially since you guys lost my thought um, over the offseason. So this guy, um, he might be even a better Mathot kind of player. So 
Um, I don't think he's going to be like Mathot. I think he's going to be a cheaper version of Mathot, and I think he's going to play some meaningful minutes. I just mean because he's like he's also another shutdown defenseman who yeah. can let Carlson be Carlson, so uh, yeah. that could work out for them. Um, and I also like the Peugeot and Dezingle uh, signings as well, so um, we'll see about that. Uh, right, so yeah, the Bruins made two big signings this week. I guess one's kind of minor. Um, in Zarnak, but uh, Ryan Spooner uh, got 2.8 million one-year uh, deal. There were there have been rumors for like the past two years, basically that ever since the Bruins got Backus, pretty much uh, there have been rumors that they're going to trade Spooner and get uh, someone that they need, like a winger. Um, but uh, he's uh, 25 years old. Um, 11 goals, 28 assists, that's 39 points in 78 games. I should mention to you that, that 18 of those points were power play points. Um, he's a bit of a power play specialist in that sense. Um, I'm exp- I, I would assume he'll be like a third line guy. I guess he could still be traded. Um, there were like a couple of things that both Cassidy and Julian both like have said some questionable words towards him. So um, this is one of those things where it's like he could be um, he could be traded by trade deadline uh, next year, um, but um, he might have a chance to be decent for us this year because he famously um, was benched during our the playoff series this year in, um, in replace for uh, Sean Corrali. We had that uh, good game in game uh, five. So, yeah, he got, the, he got the double OT winner, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he got like three goals, and two of them were called off. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, there were goals called off. He had like four goals, two of them were called off. Um, so uh, so we'll see um, if this works out for them. Hopefully it does. I, I like Spooner, but um, I think it's also one of those things where I think it's time for him to go. Um but uh, we'll see. Uh, also, Austin Zarnick gets um, Zarnick gets an entry level contract, one year, six six hundred seventy five thousand uh, for that one year. Uh, he had five goals, eight assists in forty nine games in the big club. He had a decent um, he had a decent uh, minor league uh, stat line. I'm gonna look at it now. Hold on. But um, twenty goals and sixty-one points with the Baby Bruins in his first year, 2015-2016. Right, yeah, uh, last year, twenty-three points in twenty-two games yep. in Providence. But I also played, like you mentioned, forty-nine games with the Big Bad Bruins, and he did pretty well for himself. Yeah, I think he was on like the fourth line as well, so it's not like <laughs> um, he's expected to get these points. But and uh, he's all—it's yeah. also a two-way deal, so they they can yep. they don't have to worry about anyone That's claiming him or anything like yep. that. Yeah, 23 points in 22 games in Providence this yeah. year, as you just mentioned. So, yeah, you have that. Um, he could be decent for us. Uh, we'll see. Um, also, the only player left we have to sign is probably our most important and the main reason why we didn't even do anything this offseason. Um, Pasternak still has to be signed. We have $10.1 million in cap space left to sign him. I'm hoping for a long-term contract. Um, but I think the only reason that Sweeney can mess this up 
is if it's a bridge deal. Um, but um, he's I'm expecting him to get like Forsberg type money um, yeah. or Tarasenko. But um, we'll see because he's uh, he's one of the better players in the league right now. So we'll see. Uh, social media. We're uh, we're on face fan tracks. If you're not listening to fan tracks radio, get on it. Um, I need a better tagline there. Um, <laughs> but uh, we're also for now we're still on iTunes and SoundCloud. Um, we'll we're, we'll always be on iTunes, but we might not. We might switch SoundCloud accounts. Um, I'll let you guys know when that happens. Um, you can uh. Facebook us at, or, you know, catch us on Facebook or, you know, sign in, uh, and join the Facebook group of, uh, at Lace em Up. And, uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at Lace Up Podcast. Um, there, uh, Steve is usually on in updates. I've been slacking off on that front there, but Steve is, uh, Steve's pretty good on that Twitter, uh, there, um, we usually update pretty much daily, uh, now, so, uh, you'll always be updated from that, um, and then you can also email us at laceupbag at gmail.com, um, yeah, that's it, I'm, uh, Brett Duboff, I'm Steve Ellsworth, we'll talk again in episode 87 of the Lace Em Up podcast.